Men are evil. Men, they don't have emotions. <laughs> My sister, leave matter. See, men are scum. Men, men are scum. Okay, but men are vulnerable too. Whoa, welcome to another episode of the podcast, Men of Vulnerable 2. My name is Odita, and today's edition is pretty special to me, actually. But before I get into what we will be talking about today, I have my man with me. He is a financial analyst. He's also a financial expert and a football analyst. He goes by the name Okeze. How are you doing, my brother? Hi, Odita. How are you today? I'm good. Right. <laughs> why, why are you all mellow now? What's up? <laughs> because just like you said, this is a topic that's personal to me yeah yeah so <laughs> for those of you who are wondering what the topic is today we want to talk about mental health as regards to men yeah and first off uh, normally when you hear people talk about mental health a lot of times you always have a mental health specialist or uh, a mental health practitioner available and yes it's amazing to have someone who is really learned mm. in that particular field but for me as a person sometimes it kind of feels like they just give me textbook knowledge yeah you tell me things that might sound good but don't really connect with me things that are not really practical to me like you have them talking and talking i'm like oh nice but then when i'm faced with my own challenge and i'm trying these things out i'm like don't be so easy why did they make them be like saying that's so easy so uh, for me personally today i wanted us to talk about mental health for men mm. not from the standpoint of specialists no but from an experiential standpoint from our own personal experience yeah mm. so that's why i brought okay here so that we can have like a very honest conversation. True. So, quick one, yeah? Why is it that when it comes to mental health, it's almost something that we as men, we never talk about? Especially in this part of the world. Well, firstly, it's something that we're just getting used to in some way. I mean, I mean, the awareness is now there, courtesy of a number of organizations and the fact that over the years, it's now seen that there is something like mental health and there are people who go through mental health crisis but hitherto before this period we didn't have such awareness and people had to deal with circumstances in various ways and more importantly the culture angle to it which is we are supposed to be the very tough people mm-hmm. we're supposed to be the gender that quote-unquote will carry the society that will carry the family and over those years such responsibility has been not only only foisted on a young male child growing up so you're supposed to be the strong person you're supposed to be the one who's going to shield the family shield your younger ones you're the one who's going to carry i mean that responsibility has given to us therefore it's a drawback when you struggle in life and you want to be comfortable in saying i am struggling but then there's a society on the other hand that wants to remind you that you're a man and you need to man up (laughs) i honestly always find that saying really funny yeah i've mentioned this on the show before i grew up in a home where my father is a very strong man Mm. when i say strong i don't mean oh he's a farmer or anything no physically he's strong He's big, he's huge, he's a weightlifter. He's also great with hand-to-hand combat. Mm. So you know that kind of, your typical male figure, yeah? Mm-hmm. So growing up as a child, I was really lanky. And it just kind of seemed like your father was, my father was uh, a lion and I was the dog. <laughs> yeah. And then you know how people say, a lion cannot give birth to a dog. So it's yeah. like, be like your father. And it just really never makes sense to me because one hand, you have people telling you to be strong. And then... From a tender age, everybody's telling you, oh, you have to be strong, you have to be strong. You grow up and you're now strong. 
But you're going through ish and people now tell you, you have to speak up. You have to, you know, be vulnerable. And you're like, um, how can I be vulnerable when all my life I've only learned how to be strong? Where do I learn or when do I start to learn mm-hmm. how to be vulnerable? And it's just really crazy. I was trying to do my research on this topic and I saw that in America, yeah, according to the American Psychological Association, 9% of men have feelings of anxiety or depression on a daily basis. But hold up, that's not even all. Mm-hmm. They went on to say that men also account for 3.5 times the number of suicides compared to women. So basically, if one woman commits or think of, thinks of committing suicide, you have four men who are already thinking or doing it. And I'm like, if in America where things are great, yeah, compared to Nigeria, yeah. you have... <laughs> For men, where there's, a, where there's a process, yes, where things are not so. I won't. I don't think. I would say the economy is way better. Yes, yeah, things are not as difficult. Where as a young man growing up, you have the government helping you on hand. You're getting checked. You get to deal with sundry issues like power supply. Mm-hmm. Compared strikes. to Nigeria, where yeah. things are not working. Yeah, where true. as a young man growing up, you're not just growing up for yourself. Mm. You have your siblings to take care of. Mm. You have your parents to take care of. Mm. It's almost like. When your parents give birth to you, you you have this unsaid, there's this unsaid rule that as we born you so, now you could take care of the whole family when you grow. Expectations. And when I say when you grow, people think it's, oh, you get to 40. Mm-mm. As early as sometimes, I've seen guys who are like 17 already talking about how they are pretty much the breadwinners in their homes. Yeah. So the pressure starts early. Yeah. And then even America, 3.5 men are societal compared to women. In Nigeria, it could be like 50. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's, it's just really crazy. So, for you now, personally, yeah, uh, when did you, as a person, notice that you, or when did you first start experiencing mental health challenges? When I started dealing with expectations. When I started dealing with expectations. And these expectations had to do with what people around me mm-hmm. and people a little bit distant from me felt that I should be doing and I will be doing so it's like this is what you should be doing now and this is what we believe we should be you should be doing in the future and most of all these directives or decisions never took into cognizance what I want it wasn't a question of what I wanted or what appeals to me it was a question of this is what we want you to do and this is where we want you to be headed to and at that time I had to simply follow these expectations. And when you try to oblige these expectations, it comes with a level of validation. So at each point when you oblige that expectation and say, I'm going to do it, it validates your purpose according to those that are around you. So if you're not meeting up these expectations, then it seems that you're not doing well. So the question is, would you do those things based on your own decision or because you're seeking that validation? And each time you try to meet up those expectations, it's like a hole. You like you go in and then you beat yourself that you've not been able to meet up to it. And at each moment, at each moment in life, when those expectations are met, you get the applause. But then when those expectations are not met, it's like, oh, you haven't done well. Okay, a quick one, yeah. When you meet these expectations, yes, and people congratulate you for it, does it make you feel good? Honestly, because for me, I know that when people expect a lot from me, it's a lot of pressure. Mm. And when I actually conform to what they want and do what they want, what I experience is, even if I succeed, I still feel most of the times like, you know this, how do I explain it now? This very short-term joy. Oh, yes, yes, I've done it. But but deep down for me personally, it it just feels like, 
I'm there's losing a part of myself. There's so it's like every step I take, it's tearing part of me, tearing part of me, taking away, taking away. And then it gets to a point where it feels like you're just, like you said, empty. Was it the same thing for you? Yes. It doesn't come from, from you. It doesn't come from the deep. That's not something you want to do. But because you have been railroaded into it, you find yourself trying to accomplish these um, set requirements. If you don't meet it, then you feel very terrible. Even if you do meet it, you find yourself having a temporary moment of joy. And that's it. The truth to data is our society today is funded on a very limited definition of success power wealth professional success fame physical so they are predefined let me use that word they are predefined concepts of success of fame and of wealth and all that and most of this are very universal definitions meaning that they are not taking into cognizance the individual characteristics and peculiarities and that is where you now find out that struggle between your inner self that wants to be you truly and then the outer one that has given you a roadmap or a compass to do and here's the thing here's the the challenge this is the challenge this sometimes when people talk about mental health and being forced to validate their actions or inactions people think that that is an excuse to be irresponsible that because i say no i think that there's a better way or this is where i want this to be or this is how i think this should be i'm i'm trying to be irresponsible but that is very far from it it's about my personal choices and decisions and unfortunately the societal norms that we have been grown with has given credence to the fact that people tell you what you you should be doing especially growing up as a child you, you know, and your opinions do not matter Something you just said just just hit me, actually. I just had this analogy play out in my head. It's like saying, I give three people different books to read. I give you a biology textbook to read. I give you a mathematical textbook to read. I say, okay, take this English book, read it. But then, when you're done, when three of you are done reading it, I now set a physics exam. Or I set an English exam. Mm. But I've given you biology to read. How the hell do I expect you to pass biology with it? I feel like that's how society, that's how it works in society. It's like, we all have to write the same exam. Yeah to be accredited or basically to get that um, feeling of fulfillment that oh we are successful or we are this or that Mm -hmm. we all write the same exam but then we are naturally not dealt the same hand we don't have the same experiences we don't even feel the same so it's like a general exam that doesn't take into cognizance our uniqueness and it's just crazy not at all not at all that you you couldn't have captured it anymore aptly I think like I always say that everyone when you're first born when you're born or you're, you're coming to earth you've been given a special kind of power a power to be happy a power to to be free from addiction from fear from discrimination it's a special kind of power and it's born out of the understanding of each of our own peculiarities now i have an idea of where i'm going to all of us most probably especially on planet earth want fame and success but the roadmap or the pathways that we're going to take to that destination is very quite different if I was, if I'm to add, I would say even our definition of what success and fame is that's differs. That's what I'm Truly, it actually differs. I, but I, I, that's, I wanna, that's just a general term yeah. to capture where we are all going to, and the pathways are different. There are things that I want that I could attribute to be success and fame. But to me, it would be mediocre. It would be mediocre. Yeah. There's something I want to highlight here. A lot of times when people talk about mental health for men, especially in Nigeria, people always assume that it's only people who are from poor backgrounds who actually experience this because oh you're trying to um, make money you know so the pressure of I want to make money is there <laughs> you, 
you don't have a good job. Yeah. Maybe your job is not paying you enough. People always assume that those are the folks in Nigeria who experience mental health struggles. But it's actually not the, not that way. You're, for you now, it could be you meeting up to your financial obligations, which might not be things you put on yourself. It might mm-hmm. be things that your parents did that put on you. Yeah. Your father borrowed money to buy a land. Yeah. Now you they pay him. Yeah. Your brother is in the university. Now you they send them. Mm-hmm. For others, it could be as simple as, I just want to be me. I want to be happy. But no, you have to join the family business. For another person, it could even be something as little as, I don't want to work. Mm. I just want peace. Like, I feel like one general term or one general theme about all this is people not being allowed to be themselves. And then that's on one hand. And then secondly, the pressure we put on ourselves from the inside. You know, Mm -hmm. there's external pressure, which society puts on you or Mm -hmm. situations put on you. Mm -hmm. And then there's internal pressure. Because I know some people who are pretty successful, very, like, you look at them and you're like, man, how are you this successful at this age? You have a house, you have a car, you have, like, a very good life. You can travel to any country you want to travel. Business is going well. Business is going well. Money is not a problem. But because they have certain standards for themselves, for them, to them, they feel like they're not yet successful. So they still experience anxiety. They still experience depression. They still have suicidal thoughts because it's almost like, to them, they're failures. So I, I feel like it's different strokes for different folks. If I may, those ones are caught up in the notion that happiness or success should take a particular form. We- and and therefore, when it doesn't take that particular form, uh, they fail to see the opportunities for joy just in, in front of True. them. True. But I'm just what I'm just trying to say is to everyone his own. You True. Know? I, I feel like people should stop discrediting someone's struggle because they don't understand it. Because if a guy who is trying to pay his rent and cannot afford to pay his rent sees this guy now, mm. guy, you don't get a problem now. What do do you? But me having problems is not based on your definition. At all. It's based on me. You might think I don't have problems, but if I feel like I have problems, then I have problems. True. I feel like we need to come to that understanding. Secondly, I want to ask, when you were going through all this, yeah, how did you cope? Honestly. So, so the first thing that happens is when you go through this thing, it's really individual based. But for me, I became reclusive. Okay. I became reclusive. Any event that wasn't mandatory for me to be a participant or to be a part of, I will not attend. So stuff that we are basically obligatory, ceremonies, events, friends, I would I will not show up. I just go away from it. And then you now come into the resentment stage where you start to detest life itself. So because you're isolated, informations or news that ordinarily could put a smile on every on anybody's face, you become very resentful of this. And that might snowball into bouts of anger. It depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. You, you start getting angry at almost everything, including things that are infinitesimal, things that are, are very negligible. I, I used to find myself very aggressive to other road users very aggressive if you come close to me you haven't come to me i get very very aggressive and in addition to that even with the resentments an expanded form of resentment is to let go of things that happened was a big do for me so i would say i had so much grudges so much grudges so what eventually helped well it doesn't just occur like when you're ill and you go and take paracetamol, paracetamol <laughs> or you take an anti-malaria, it disappears. In my own experience, it whittles down. 
I still get to deal with small bouts of it. So each year as I have managed it and tried to have purposeful living, the circumstances that trigger me have become minimal. Mm. So they keep going down, they keep going down because I try to practice purposeful living. There are times I find myself in it. But I will say is the first recommendation is don't think you can pray the way. I know this because sometimes in the world we find ourselves today, mm-hmm. people fail, oh, let's just pray. It's beyond it. Christians do need therapy because I'm a Christian. So I sought therapy and it was very important that I found therapy at that time. I walked into the room and I saw several other people like celebrities, Nigerians, and listening to their testimonies, listening to how some of them had found themselves in a hole encouraged me that I could find some strength in my travels. And the second thing is you have to also seek God because whatever that the therapist has put down, you have to remind yourself that you're unique. The therapist is supposed to help you walk through steps that will help you, uh, will I say, disinfect such thoughts. Because after some time, I was kind of feeling suicidal. In fact, I was a kind of feeling I was feeling suicidal. You need to get yourself into a slow and steady relationship with God because that's very important. And then the third is disinfect your environment. People and environments and circumstances that are triggers because there are things that see that you see or there are discussions that you have or there's place you find yourself that will make you feel unworthy or place an expectation of you and difficult as it may be you need to take that booster to stay away from such environment because at that initial stage of conditioning which is part of the therapy where you try to condition yourself you're still very fragile and you don't want to be in an environment where that will remind you of the circumstances that have led to your feeling unworthy or struggling with mental health. Uh, if it's the family that has been responsible, then I would suggest that you stay away. If it's a workplace that makes you feel unworthy, I'll, I'll suggest that you find another place or you ask for a transfer. And then when you are done with that process of moving away i think you have to find yourself in a kind of new form of success and that is a success that celebrates small wins so every day there were things i put up just to do particularly practicing the act of gratitude and i will wake up every morning and do that and at the end of the day i'll celebrate me as a person me as a person i kept doing that because that was the only thing that i could do it was very important because after a while you would want to question your your living on earth you want to question why these things could happen to you but there is a pathway which is celebrating yourself the success of your transformation over fear over anger over societal thoughts so when i step out and i drive on the road and i come back and i don't swear at any bus driver or any road user i felt good okay you just mentioned a lot of things I would want to gently touch on. Mm-hmm. Let's start with suicidal thoughts. You know, people always think that when someone says I'm suicidal, it's because they are tired of living. Yes, I know some people are tired of living and that's why they are suicidal. But a lot of times, 
from my personal experience, I feel like most people, or myself included, mm. we've had societal thoughts because we are not tired of living, we're just tired of the situation. So it's like, I want to leave the situation, but because I feel powerless to leave this situation I'm in presently, mm. I feel like the only escape is taking my life. Do you get it? Yeah. So it's not like, for me, it's not like I don't want to, I want to be alive, but I'm in a place right now that feels like I have no way of escape. It's like, my situation feels like a prison to me. And the only way out is taking my life. That's what people don't understand. So people naturally say, oh, I had your life the day good. You go say, you want to kill yourself. Now, now, now weak person. See, every, nobody's weak. You know, funny enough, I, there used to be a time where I felt like mentally I was so strong that, come on, me. See, yeah. mentally, I have always trained myself growing up to be mentally strong. Yeah. But when depression came, hey, mm. my God. I feel like people who are strong tend to even fall harder because you live in delusion for a while. Yeah. You refuse to accept reality, so it hits you. But then there's something I, I would want to say today. Getting into depression and getting out of depression is not so easy. Like he mentioned, sometimes depression is not a take a pill and you're fixed. It's not the physical stuff, yeah. Sometimes you don't even, you live with it. It just keeps getting better. You keep improving, you keep understanding yourself just like more. What I said, yeah. But I would want to say something that is really important is understanding your triggers. The reason why it is so important is it is difficult for you to get yourself out of a depressive state. But it is easier for you to get out of that state before you get into the state. Sure. Before you truly get... I see depression as a water, as a river now. Before you drown, you have to enter the water. Definitely. So this is how I see it. When you are triggered, it's like you're about to step into the water. That is the best time to catch yourself. Because if you catch yourself then, it's easy mm. for you to turn back. Yeah. But once you fall in, you'll be like a man that is that has a log of wood on his leg. And you're just... You know the way you... When you're, when you're sinking, when you are struggling to breathe in water, how that's how you most times seem. Yeah. Because it now becomes a lot more harder to come out of the water when you're in it. Yeah. So this is it. As men, we all experience different bouts of depression for different reasons. Truly. Understand yourself. Understand your triggers. Because when you understand your triggers, you can avoid them. The ones you can't avoid, you know when it's happening. Mm-hmm. So you know how to catch yourself and redirect your thoughts. It is super, super important. Mm-hmm. And another thing we don't talk about is how do we deal with depression? You know, for men, I feel like people always talk about substance abuse as a way of dealing with depression. Like men use substance to deal with their depressions it's because I got no judge there. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to that club. Yeah. But something people don't talk about is sex. No, not even. You know that a lot of men actually use sex to deal with depression. Pornography. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that feeling, that rush you feel yeah. when you're sexually aroused. And then for some people, it's a feeling of fulfillment of, oh, I might not be man enough to pay my bills, mm. but I'm man enough to knock this girl. Yeah. Ah, she's, ah, I'm a man. But at the end of the day, just the same way substance abuse is bad, using pornography and sex, they are sometimes worse because as a person, substance abuse sometimes is easy to see. But nobody watches pornography in public. Well, that's 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 the. You get it. Yeah. You know, you can see a guy who is high in public. Like, you know, mm. you don't need high every time. So what's what's supposed wrong? You know. But for a guy who is maybe masturbating, using pornography or mm. sex, mm. you don't see it. The girl you're having sex with most of the times may not even notice because she just thinks, ah, this guy really likes sex and he's pleasuring me, mm. and that's it. Especially when you're not even in a committed relationship. So but, you give her satisfaction and she's great. Actually just a temporary outlet yeah. for your frustration. And it's worse because there are things you do in private. So it's a habit you can keep and hide for years. Which is which is which is uh, a side traction to mental illness because even with mental illness, except 
that people are quite observant or people who are understanding of how it works yeah sometimes it may be difficult to detect you, exactly because if i'm reclusive people will hear me oh he doesn't go out he likes to be indoors but that's not true if you're drinking your guys will be like ah chairman now they go yeah, club every night yeah. if you're having sex people are like ah he likes sex a lot <laughs> so the, the sometimes especially for men because some of these things are things we do on a normal day yeah so it's like it's really difficult to spot but this is where I feel like we need to be our brother's keepers. You know, for some of us, we may not be as lucky as okay, say who can afford to go for therapy. <laughs> no, no, I, I have to be honest. Yeah. Some people can't. Because it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was really expensive. Of course. It was expensive. But that's the thing. Not every therapy or every therapist is expensive. There are some online forums, yes, that you can go to for free. There are free health workers you can actually reach out to in nigeria outside the country that you can just pretty much chat with it might be difficult for you to do but the easiest is being our brother's keepers definitely you know and nobody we, can understand what you're going through except somebody oh, there's a, there's, who is like you there's an evil proverb for it i'm oh, trying okay. to i'm trying to find that the interpretation is chinua achabi oh okay. he says he who will hold down another in the mud must stay in the mud to keep him down right okay. so it, it's it's like in the society today we cannot trample upon the humanity of others without devaluing our own mm. and we have to learn to be kind to people parents learn to be kind to I, I i mean i had one very interesting feedback from a from a 12 year old kid i met at one therapy classes and he broke me auditor and what did he say i didn't know that up until recently i think that's two years ago or a year ago i didn't know that parents or mothers had a whatsapp group where they were sharing results their per- their, 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 their kids results really yeah so every <laughs> wow. term they'll pull out a group whatsapp conversations about the positions their kids took and this child was scoring very well scoring really really well i mean he was top of his class but not the first position and each time his mom will banter him why are you always taking third why are you always taking third look at the my my friends look at what they're doing um their kids why are you always taking third and the guy will struggle and he'll probably take fourth or take second but he somehow he never, he never made that he never made that position and then one day as young as he was he tried to od wow he just found some medicines in the house mixed up a cutlet and swallowed so he was brought there by an aunt of his who understands mental so you could see the pressure that he was Sometimes already going through at 12 before years you even talk about our inner desires not being met our accomplishments most of this come from the need for external validation i know what i'm saying because i've been there and like i always say we need to be kind like you just also said to we need to be apart from being a brother's keepers we need to be kind to people you see know. you see even with this social media age somebody has data i come up and i speak or i post my reality and then negative energy man you're giving me negative and you're trolling me you're telling me get out who do i think i am i should leave all the stories who am i and all that and all that and all that it's 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 it's, it's tough or maybe you come out and say look i'm struggling i had that when i, I told someone i was struggling and person said oh you have a good job you have a house you have a car and it just 
it just broke me. Because we need, to, like I mentioned before, we need to understand that my problem doesn't have to be your problem. It's a problem because I see it as a problem to me. And that's all that's important. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you see it as a problem, if you can relate with it or not. So like I mentioned, we need to be our brother's keepers. We need to be able to reach out to one another. We don't have anybody looking out for us, man. Mm. I don't, people say it's a men's world, but I honestly totally disagree. I don't feel like men get, I feel like we always get the short end of the stick. And the only person that can look out for a fellow man, it's you. Reach out to your friend, reach out to your brothers, check on them, know how they are doing. Pay attention to certain signs. For some psychologists, according to them, they say uh, some of the signs of maybe mental illness or depression is changing mood, difference in work performance, weight changes, sadness, hopelessness, physical symptoms such as headaches and stomach mm-hmm. aches. Yeah, these ones are part of it. But what I think what sometimes what is most important is paying attention, listening. I don't mean listen to what someone is saying, listen mm-hmm. to what they don't even say. Because mm-hmm. someone who is going through things like this they might ask for help or they might not ask for help but even someone who is not asking for help might be giving you some subtle clues of course subconsciously screaming for help yeah expecting you to understand body language so be your brother's keepers reach out to your friend always say positive things to people man you never can tell one positive word can go a long way making someone feel good you're having a bad day and someone just calls you up and be like man okay say what's up Man, that stuff you did for me was so great, man. You're so good. Mm. Oh, ah, man, you look really good today, man. See how they shine. These things are basic, but they really, really go a long way. And if you're going through anything, you need to be able, you need to try to talk to someone. I know sometimes it's difficult finding the right people to talk to, but just ensure that you talk to someone, not just anybody, the right people. Mm. Have a support group of some sort. I feel like it's high time we stop having drink buddies. And start having life bodies. But you know, sometimes that could come from an individual perspective, our ego. True. Because I've been like in this situation where I had to reach out to a few people and damn, I regretted it. Damn, I regretted it. You know, so th- there's an ego part and there's that fact that people will now, because you've been vulnerable to certain people, that information is or likely will be used against you. Because you'd be like, oh, I'm struggling. This is the reason why I'm struggling. And I had opened up to a few people, a few very close people. And two years down the line, I'm still paying for that release of information. Whoa. I say this with all sense of sincerity. I'm still paying for that release of the information because when there are circumstances that kind of swing to my advantage, they are quick to bring out the old pages. And unfortunately for them, I don't care anymore. I mean, there was a time when it bothered me to say this thing. Yeah, but look, I had this car, I had this car. So what do you want me to do? Clean it off. So in trying to be open to people, you need to discern the right person to to reach out to. It has to be a kind person. That word can never be overemphasized. Well, that's why I said it's important to be our brothers keepers. Because if we are all kind to each other, we'll have somebody to reach out to. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this episode. <sighs> Wasn't an easy one. Hey, I just wanted to say something <laughs> that... Um, final word yeah, yeah, you, sure. you can't alter the past but you can control how much it lets it to consume you and finally I, I would like to say this I, I never get tired of saying this parents protect your children protect your children well thank you so much it's always a pleasure having you uh, wow thank you guys so much for listening once again being vulnerable doesn't make you weak vulnerability is actually strength have yourself a great day Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Share, like, and drop a comment. Follow the podcast on social media at MAVT Podcast. Email us on MAVTPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow at Odita Official. Till next time, ciao.